Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate. Don't make that mistake. Greetings, holiday shoppers, and welcome to a new year of Christmas creeps. There are only 341 shopping days left until Christmas, so you've got some time. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I am your host this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, are my good friends Johnny Five, the human robot. Oh, this is where I talk. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Hi, hi, hi. Hit those marks. Hi. And Karen York. I'm kind of here. Mostly. And back with us tonight is our good friend Drew Meyer. Hello. Hello, Drew. How have you been? How... Uh... Okay. How was your Christmas? I got underwear and a ukulele. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, I hope everybody had a lovely Christmas or holiday season. Uh, we're back in the saddle, back time, back for another uh, wonderful year of Christmas creeps. I can't wait for this show to continue. I didn't think it would, but here we are. <laughs> you didn't think it would survive actual Christmas? Yeah. Well, to be honest, um, this past Christmas season, I got kind of burnt out on Christmas movies, believe it or not. I don't think I watched more than maybe one or two. And the same one or two that I always watch. It's you know, it's a Wonderful Life and a Christmas Story six times. We watched uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, like overnight between Christmas Eve and mm. Christmas Day. That's a good one. I did not watch a single Christmas movie. Really? That's awesome. A special Christmas episode of anything. Congratulations! That sounds like a good Christmas. Um, I we watched the the Burning Yule Log. Oh yeah. On Netflix. For a little bit. But anyway, we're, we're back for another another year of talking about Christmas movies. Now that Christmas is over, we can get back to the important thing. We can Christmas get back movies. to what's important. You Christmas say that like movies. it's such a terrible thing, another year of talking about Christmas movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if anybody else is keeping count. I certainly am because uh, our very first episode, we set out a six-year suicide pact. and Oh, God. Um, I didn't. Enter year two. Shit. <laughs> no, you, no, you, you motherfuckers did. I didn't. Well, we've got only five years, and that's how you tie it into David Bowie. That's how you tied it into David <laughs> Bowie, Karen. Sorry. Wow. You know, we're, uh, tonight, we're not, uh, we are not honoring the passing of David Bowie. Uh, I guess we could have. If, if we did, what would we have watched? Zoolander. Is that a Christmas movie? No, it has David Bowie in it. No. Um, instead, of, uh, instead of honoring the passing of David Bowie, tonight we're honoring the passing of Alan Rickman. And we were watching Die Hard. <laughs> Happy trails, Hans. If only we had thought to watch Die Hard again. If only we had planned on Alan <laughs> was dead, is that what you're saying? No! Can we change our suicide pack so that we just like start every year with Die Hard instead? Just like a f- clean just slate? We just watch Christmas with the Cranks again. You know what I'm surprised? I'm surprised uh, with the passing of Alan oh. Rickman that no one put a picture of him that just said yippee motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe with him in... Uh, the the angel outfit. I, I I had suggested possibly Dogma too for this one, but um, I think it's not necessarily technically a, a Christmas movie. We, right. We would have had to go to resort to some really creative uh, um, excuse making. And then we could one. hear and about uh, Joe's complicated relationship with Kevin Smith. Yeah. Again, which yeah, that would have <laughs> been fun. Um, but no, tonight we are we are discussing uh, Love Actually, which. Alan Rickman is, in fact, in Love Actually. He I, is. I didn't know that until you had suggested it, because I, I had mm-hmm. never seen Love Actually before. Believe it yep. or not. This You're is... the only one who hadn't seen Love Actually. Yep. Apparently, yeah. Which This is one that I've seen and you guys haven't. Yeah, so Karen's got a leg up on us this time. Because I was a teenage girl when it came out. 
Fair, fair is fair. As was I. Yes. <laughs> he changed so much. It's true. So, Love Actually. Um, Drew, what uh, what's the deal with this movie? Uh, Love Actually is the brainchild of Richard Curtis. Uh, this is the, his directorial debut. And it is, to call this a romantic comedy might be stretching it a bit. I Just mean, it touch. certainly is romantic. Question mark. Ish. It has comedic moments in it. It certainly so, is right. romantic, and it certainly is a comedy. Right. But the two don't ever really come together. They have their they have their moments. It's an intersection of ten different stories, um, in a way that was done much better in shortcuts. But that being said, uh, it is hey, a star-studded cast. Uh, sure. Uh, of people who mainly became. Famous shortly after this uh, became household names, and then a bunch of folks who half already were and half would yeah. soon be. Yeah, so you know we get a uh, fairly early Kira Knightley, um, uh, Chiwetel Ayafor, uh, who's who's the guy from Walking Dead? Andrew oh, Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln's mm-hmm. in there. Uh, he plays the main guy creep- in Walking Dead. No, no, who's he in the Love Actually? Though? Creepy best friend in love with Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, like at the very beginning of the movie, okay. the wedding. Yeah, the, the uh, guy at the beginning and the guy at the end. The, the yeah. guy with the Christmas carols. Okay. Yes, Sangster uh, from uh, Game of Thrones and <laughs> I guess Force Awakens is yeah. uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, But we also get you know like across from Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson and uh, Liam Neeson, Neeson. Yeah, Hugh Grant, Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill yeah. Nye, the Bill science Nye. guy. Yeah, this might have been the first movie that I saw and, and actively recognized Bill Nye. I mean, it's a 2003 film, and, right? And it was I th- a commercial success. Yeah, I think the first film I ever saw him in was Shaun of the Dead, and I think that was after this one. But uh, it, 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 I had seen him in movies before. But this is the first one where I went, I recognize that. Guy. I see. That was the first time where I I had ever even seen him before, and I said, "This is one to watch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw him, I was like, "I know I've seen this guy in a billion other things. I just can't place his name or any of the name any of them." Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I recognized him, but I, I don't really know what from, but he was very familiar to me. Shaun of the Dead, probably. No, no, because I saw it before Shaun of the so Dead. So it sounds like everybody of a certain age has that exact same experience of, they know they've <laughs> seen Bill Nye in this movie probably first of anything that he's been in, but they don't know where else they've seen him. Well, the interesting thing about the, he's been around forever. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. but up in his until 60s. still about, like, when did the sequel to um, Pirates of the Caribbean come out? Oh, six. Okay, so you know he's in that you know major role, Davy Jones, but he's oh made yeah up, he is right yeah um, he's in all the Underworld movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in a ton of other stuff. He's the he's Slarty Bartfast in uh, yes. the Checkers Guide yes, to the Galaxy. Okay. But all of these are are post uh, Love Actually. Love Actually. Yeah. So you know, unless you're from the UK, you probably aren't as familiar unless you're you know, Anglophile, which I am, sure. but still wasn't. So. Do you know the story behind the name Slarty Bartfast? No. They started with the name Farty Fuckballs and has changed it syllable by syllable until like he gets something he could say on the radio. Wow. <laughs> Not even making that up. Wow. Wow. I miss Douglas Adams a whole lot. I, re- I do too. Uh, there, there, there are days when I, I see things on TV and think that would have been a great Douglas Adams story. I was just thinking how much fun it would be to have Douglas Adams write for modern Doctor Who. Mm. You know, he, his his episodes for the classic series are one or two of them are, are some of the best. Uh, and he was the store, script editor for an entire season, and that season is 
a jumbled onslaught of stuff. We should get into Doctor Who. Mm. <laughs> Jonathan doesn't want to. <laughs> Doctor Who pinball, maybe. So here, here's the thing about Doctor Who. I've never seen any of them. Same. So if we just if we just went through the Christmas specials, because I know there are many of those. Yeah. Is is year three of Christmas creeps just going to be the Doctor Who year? <laughs> it, it it could. Um, you know, and and it, technically you can justify that because if I'm not mistaken, this year's Christmas special was played in the theaters. Um, there's a company called Fathom Events that yes. plays um, UK television. It's, so far, it's mainly been things like operas and ballet, but Doctor Who and Sherlock mm-hmm. uh, both have been played in our local theater. So yeah. you could get away with just that. Have you done television? Um, yeah, we, we have no qualms about it. It's just they're so short that yeah, it would uh, make for a slim pick of an episode. Sure. We did the uh, the Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse oh, right. uh, mm-hmm. recently. The River Bottom Nightmares. <laughs> River Bottom Nightmares. Uh, and the Otter's band. Jug Band Christmas, you mean? Uh, yeah, if you want to call it that. I, mean, I like your name better. <laughs> I weeped oh. when I listening to that episode because, because I am the... much older than you. Oh. And that movie was such, such a part of my early childhood. There ain't no hole in the wash tub. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Some some days I f- I feel bad for making fun of things, and that was definitely one of them because I know there are tons of people who who live their lives by Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, and I'm not I'm not gonna get back on that horse and 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 beat it again. <laughs> you should never have to apologize for saying how you feel about something, no. as long as your it, what you said was what you actually felt about it. If you didn't yes. like it, that's fine. It doesn't have to be. For you, it was a different time. The, the whole point is that we're being awful and irreverent right. anyway. But the ca- th- that being the case, the first time I saw it, I discovered it on Netflix, you know, three or four years ago and said, what on earth is this? I've never heard of it. And I thought it was charming. I was also drunk and it was four in the morning. So then the second time with uh, with you, with you <laughs> fine people. This well, is I- another one of those really sad glimpses into Joe's life. <laughs> I was about to say, what circumstance are you drunk before the morning browsing Netflix for Christmas? The part movies? of the story I neglected to mention was that it was it was also August. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, it was at Christmas. Come on. I'm not that sad. I think it, it, it at least is worth mentioning that watching movies with you three changes the the how you actually see a movie. I, for instance, I've seen Love Actually... A dozen or so times. I don't, never watch it on television because if you edited that movie down for television, it would be what thirty minutes. Yeah, like it, it, it would cut be out all of Martin Freeman's. Scenes? All all of Martin Freeman's scenes are gone. It would be a nice round eighty minutes with commercials, and it would be adorable. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is certainly a movie that could do with are, some additions, additional scenes, and some cutting. Up hold, scenes. Are 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 you saying that we ruined this movie for you? Oh God! No. Is that what you're saying? Oh no, no, no! He's <laughs> just saying you've no, never no. watched about playing Pocket Morty before. Yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I played a lot of Pocket Morty um, <laughs> while doing this. That sounds like a terrible euphemism. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! So, um, should we? How do we break down the plot of this movie? That it's well, there are like ten. Well, so. first, first things first. Because we are watching this film in honor okay. of Alan Rickman, the question yes. has to be asked. Is Alan Rickman the villain of this movie? He is certainly one of them. 
as soon as I saw where his story was going and the directions of a couple other stories, I realized there were there were there were positive stories being told here and also negative stories being told here. So in that sense, he I guess he could be seen as a villain. I could you could also make the case that he is very much being uh, strung along by the young lady who is hitting on him relentlessly. Sure. Sure. But uh, I don't know that I would go so far as to call him a straight-up villain. Um, misguided, maybe, is the right word. Sure. Um, he probably is the most negatively impactful character story yes. arc yes, in this. Because he, his, he, his wife basically ends the story with no you know, romantic love partner. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, not happily ever after. I mean, she's got her kids. That's a whole different thing, sure. but... Well, well, we yeah, we can talk about that later because that had I had a couple of questions about their story. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, it seems odd that you're still listening to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> you, you knew the title going in, <laughs> right? Um, which was supposed to originally be "Love Actually Is All Around." Okay, um, and I think it's a Trog song. There's some "Christmas mm-hmm. Is All Around" is is the, yeah. the Bill Nye song. Anyway, that being said, uh, this is a. Uh, a movie that takes ten separate stories and doesn't necessarily intertwine them. It's almost like a game of dominoes. Every story has main characters, usually two main characters that are going to be taking place in a form of, quote, love. Yes. Um, but then they are connected to characters from a different story. Right. Um, usually familial, workplace, mm-hmm. friends, and so on. Yeah, I expected more of connection, but then they get to the end and they're just like, oh, hi, Mark, I know you. I didn't mention it before in mm-hmm. the movie, but... Right. It, I don't think the... Because much like a Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, England ha- only has 30 people living in sure, it. Sure, sure. And they all live on that one street. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so does the Prime Minister, as it, as it turns as out. As it turns out. They all live on Downing Street? Yes. <laughs> it's a very poorly guarded... Pub, um, <laughs> Uh, a political figure. Yeah, he's just got like a guy, sure, a couple cop cars. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's all you need. He can yeah. defend him with the lovely sound of his tenor. Uh, this is a story that is about love in all its forms. I think that's the important thing going that's into it. That's a good it, way to put it. Is yeah, that not all love is positive love, or is well, no, sorry, not all love is romantic love. Emma Thompson is not the only character that ends the story not in a romantic relationship because Laura Linney, who oh, has yet to right. be mentioned, um, her story arc is also, yeah. I don't want to say sad, but it certainly is not along the, the same Yeah, I forgot of... that her thing didn't really work out yeah. either. It's, 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 I don't want to say truncated, but it's very truncated, but mostly through circumstance mm-hmm. because... Uh, See, I feel like the longer we go, the more we're just going to have to start explaining these characters because I mean, we can just do it as we go if we need okay. to. Yeah, well, you know, there's so, there's ten storylines yes. cut down from the original twelve. If you watch the special features, there's two storylines that um, get removed, and it's a shame because they are two exceptionally good storylines. Really, is a, this is a very white heteronormative. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Story. Um, that has um, a fat agenda to it that is a, a bit disturbing and uh, disappointing. But uh, where do we begin? It, <laughs> well, I guess I suppose we should begin with uh, a wedding, as, as all as all love stories tend to end. Love actually begins with a wedding. 
That's such a depressing way to put it. Oh. God. That, that was a very backward sentence. It's nice said. knowing you, John. Actually, it's a funeral that segues into a wedding, which is, gets even more disturbing. But, yeah. Um, it's true. But yeah, so yeah. we have yeah. uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Kira Knightley's wedding uh, with the best man, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Name? Andrew Lincoln. Walking Dead's Andrew Lincoln. A fact that AMC has not let us forget. Sure. So is he American or British? He is, or? He is very British. Okay. He... He puts on a pretty convincing southern accent, but if you watch yeah. The Walking Dead long enough, you can see the, the cracks start to. Now start that to I form know, I'm going to be voice. looking for that shit. So. <laughs> I'd like to say this about um, Andrew Lincoln's character. Um, he is the. He also doesn't end up in, in a fairly romantic situation, True. but his storyline does come to an end. Yeah. At, yes. At least, so, so, but, but he's the most telegraphed <laughs> character in this movie. Um, Meta telegraph mean that we know what he is thinking and feeling based off of the music that is playing in all of his scenes, and the fact that he, for some reason, tells the audience that he's over her in yeah. talking to his set. It's it's yeah. very much yeah. both of his main scenes didn't impress me much. <laughs> They're just gonna spell it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be easier to go through this like storyline by storyline rather than trying to sure. go chronologically. So let's just start with that one then. Okay. okay. So um, Chiwetel Ejiofor is getting married to Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Lincoln is his best man and also the videographer at the wedding. Or one of. No, no. no. He's just, he just happens to have a camera. He just has a camera. Because he just has a camera. He's that in love with Kira Knightley. And also right. he's involved in the arts somehow. He runs the um, art museum. Okay. So okay. I yeah. thought. He up as a as a. Oh, is that what all the naked people were? I just yeah. I just figured it was just a random ass thing with like some magazine I, or something. I thought that that might like tie into his like personal interest. I thought it was somehow. a really high end porn store, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> so that we we get the um the secretary saying, "I know a place. It's a guy. It's he was an art museum." Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And it cuts yeah. to him saying, "It's not funny. It's art," and that's the the entire setup for the, for I see. the, yeah. the I character. See. But Lincoln's character um must have a lot of money. Oh yeah, because he hires uh, a singer, an entire a choir, gospel choir, um, and uh, every friend he knows with a musical instrument. Right. Yes. And, and has taught them to be very sneaky and hide in pews. <laughs> yes. And he organizes a flash mob to play "All You Need Is Love" mm-hmm. as they're as the two newlyweds are marching out of the we- out of the chapel. Yep. Um, which is a lovely way to start the movie. I think it's really. I like your point of saying it feels. Like, this is how the movie should end. This is how romantic comedies are supposed to end. Right. With a wedding. But um, this is where love actually begins because I, because I feel like Richard Curtis is the type of person who feels like he's an expert at romantic comedies. So once you're a... Once you're a, a and weddings. And weddings. And funerals. Once you're a master, yes. yes, of the form... Like, once you're the master, then you can start breaking the rules. Is basically how the rule goes. Well, no, the, I would say the beginning and the end are both the airport scenes, yeah. though. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that's, they, yeah, they use, right. use that as a very much a like a framing device that's, and to hammer his message. Well, the first airport scene isn't really a scene. It's just yeah, but I stock mean, footage it's, it's of air people it's, at airports. It's where he goes, "Hi, I'm Hugh Grant, and this is the this is the theme of the movie." Okay, 
that, that's fair. Is all around us. That is, yeah. that is fair. They that name dropped it within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Also, I was they, they to... mentioned 9/11, which is yeah, that's uh, true. This is yeah, this is an immediately post 9/11 film. I knew that line going into the movie. I totally expected it to be dropped by a British kid, though, because that's the type of line I can see being said by an annoyingly precocious British kid. Love like, is all around. Like yeah, like the, the especially the kid from the, who played the spoon kid in the Matrix. Like, I guess I can see that kid saying something that insufferable. A little tiny Timish, like "God bless us, everyone" kind of a thing. It's it's a yeah. line the kid from Millions would say. Yeah. 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 There we go. Um, so we get the wedding, and it's and it becomes clear that uh, Andrew. See, I don't know any of the characters' names, so actors' names are going to have to suffice. Yeah. All I know is Kira yeah. Knightley's Juliet. Okay. Yeah. I remember that yeah. much. And people like everyone else at the wedding who notices something's going on seems to think that Walking Dead guy is in love with a groom. Yeah. Right. Because they're best friends. Yeah, and when we when we first meet them, they're standing side by side, and it's it's very. I don't want to use the word homoerotic, but it's very like. Well, the way it, the way it's framed and the way they're talking, like you you know, like you immediately think, oh, they're at a wedding. Oh, they're gonna they're getting married to each other. Oh. You know, and then the shot pulls out, and he's like, "All right, go what? go get him, buddy." That's just... might what you would say now in 2016, but in 2003, yeah, that's the fact that they suggest that they're gay, potentially gay but not in an offensive way. And the fact that we do get a Liam Neeson telling his stepson that he can be in love with a guy or a girl yeah. True. is very surprising in 2003. Yeah. It, it's progressive, but then the film is also sort of regressive in other ways. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes very so much. So the love actually is kind of a wash when you, when you, <laughs> when you look at it. Um, but after the wedding, I guess it's, I guess it's the, uh, then after the wedding, it's like the, the wedding reception, and then that's where we meet Colin, the sex god. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to him later. Let's stick with well, Kira. Okay. Let's, let's stick with Kira Knightley. And we'll get her story. Okay. Chug along because so we're not juggling ten balls at once. Well, okay. Kira Knightley. So, yeah. So then she comes back to um, Walking Dead guy and is like, "Hey, you gave me some really crappy video, or no, the the, no, the, no. the regular videographer gave us really crappy video. I'm I'm just like a Smurf in all of it. Can you help me?" Right, because she knows he had a camera at the wedding. Right. So she's asking him for his tape when she watches his version of his version yeah, of their he, wedding he's, tape. He's being really, really dodgy about it. He's like, oh, I probably erased it. I don't even know where it is. Blah, blah, blah. Right. She finds it within three seconds and watches it, and it's just all, like, extreme close-ups of her. Right. Right. And she's been led to believe for a long time that he doesn't actually like her. Because she says, we never talk to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is set up as saying that you really like me, even though we've had... No communication whatsoever, and I've married your best friend. Right. Right. So he's not, it turns out he's not the gay best friend, he's the jealous best friend. Right. Which is a little more complicated. Well, I mean, it's, it's all complicated. The um, but she watches his video and, and realizes that he's actually in love with her. She leaves, and then he leaves, and then he, he leaves first. He leaves first, then she leaves. He tells her to see herself out. Yeah. Lock, lock the door. Um, but then he goes and walks, and what song starts playing? I forget. Um, I didn't write it down. It's Dido. Yeah, it yeah. is Dido but, because but it's 2002. Is, but that actually happens um, in the next, the end of their arc. Okay. So the end of their arc is uh, it's. At least it wasn't my best friend's girl. I'd throw something at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the kind of stuff that all of his scenes almost need. It telegraphs these. It's, yeah. right. His stuff is very obvious. I don't think he's a great actor. I'm just going to put add my two cents in, on, at least in this one. Or maybe the directing is, is not so great. Yeah. Their arc ends with the doorbell ringing. She goes to get it. And imagine how this scene would have been if 
the the husband had been there. They've just come back from their honeymoon, and he shows up um, from a Bob Dylan video yes. uh, with his multiple <laughs> signs that says, "Tell your husband that this is it's Carolers." Right. And yeah. he lays a tape deck of obviously recorded Carolers because there's backing tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Extremely canned music. Yeah. Extremely canned music. Um, and he silently through the uses of note cards tells her uh, that he wishes he could date a supermodel because he's in love with her, but he knows that she is already taken, and so he's going to leave. Which is very creepy. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Taken in a different context, it could be considered the grand romantic gesture, but again, married woman, wife of his best friend, someone he's never really talked to, you notice so, the DVD of the rear window. Yeah, uh, very, in his collection. yeah. very voyeuristic, very creepy, mm-hmm. stalkerish. But but then he leaves, accomplishes his goal, and she chases after she him. She follows and kisses him. Yes. Yeah. Fuck you, Kira Knightley. Yeah. And it's also telling that like of all the scenes in this movie that have gone on to become sort of ubiquitous. That's the only one, really. That's the one that even I, people who have never seen this movie before, know. Just because it's all, it's out there. It's everywhere. Oh, the, yeah. only, the only when, scene when I've seen you... before is I could have a murdered scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, somebody must have sent you a, a special videotape or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like, when you, whenever you see, like, a montages of Christmas movies on TV, that's the, always the one clip that they show from Love Actually. Espousing betrayal between yes. friends and spouses. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, we, we, the whole, like, you know, John Cusack thing would have worked better, like, the night before the wedding or something like that, but then you wouldn't have had the setup to it. So I don't I don't know how to, like, uncreep that scene, really. And again, there's all types of love. So this is not supposed to be something that we're supposed to follow. This is not a yeah. uh, an example of... Right. It, we're not supposed to agree with all, all of the storylines being told here. We're not yeah. supposed to love yeah. all the characters. Yeah. And it makes you... Well, I, I feel bad for Iofor because you gotta kind of look at Juliet's character, Kira Knightley's character, and go, that got her excited. Yeah, that relationship's not gonna last. No, and I remember mm. even like being the super impressionable like seventeen year old I was when I watched this and was like super into it at the time, because you know that's just that's just how I was. I still thought it was, like, really shitty that she kissed him. I was mm-hmm. like, why the fuck would you do that to your husband you just married? You know, what the fuck is happening to this relationship? It's to the person you've never talked to. Yeah. Right? Like, they keep on stressing the fact that they have no relationship. Right. Yeah. It's not like he it's... was there for the engagement and he was there for the whole um, <clears throat> you know, courtship. This right. Is guy, this is basically a stranger who yeah. creepily videotaped her. Yeah, this is a guy who, for all she knows, has always been around, but does not like her at all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's revealing, you know, otherwise. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't play specifically because of the fact that they just got married and they just got back from a honeymoon. If it had been years, like if, mm-hmm. the, which I know the movie can't do because there was like there's 50 characters and it's two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. So this, they can't do that. This is a scene that could be its own movie, and there's a way to make it not creepy. But you need a lot more time to do that. Sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's, there are so many plots in this movie that could be their own movies, but just aren't. Well, I think and the I th- way it, it seems like you were approached is, hey, I want to write ten romantic comedies. Or ten, 
10 stories which involve love. Right. Now I'm going to truncate them to their basically elevator pitches. Yeah. Yep. Figure yep. out how they interconnect with one another just through, just really just on a surface level. Yep. And then put them all together and have a, a fairly decent soundtrack. Yeah. Um, bookend it with some some airport footage. And it's kind of brilliant because then you realize, well, certain stories can hit certain beats that a, a regular, a normal, you know, two hour love story will hit, but not all of them have to. So some of these stories are A stories. Yes. And some of them are B stories. Yes. And uh, I th- I think you know this is this is definitely a B story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one we've discussed. This right. is something that could that could have been its own movie, but if you had removed half of the other stories, you still could have included this. Sort of. Also, this movie would have been fine without this story because yeah. Yeah. these characters, for the most part, do not interact with anybody else. Like Kira Knightley and her husband, we don't see them interacting with just about anybody until the right. very, very end of the movie, and we only see um, Lincoln's character um, in an art gallery. He could have been a character that you never saw. He could have just showed yeah. up once in that one. Scene. He could have been anyone. Yeah. Yeah. But also, certain other characters attend their wedding. Yeah. Um, That's true. Laura Lenny was there. He's for the yes. reception. Yes. Oh. Yeah, she get... was there for the wedding as well. Um, I think Colin Firth was there, too. Uh, Colin the sex god was there. Yeah. He, he was working there. He, he was working the wedding. Yeah. So, so let's talk about him real quick. Okay. His story is nice and quick. Yeah. Very nice, <laughs> nice and tight. He, he starts, he is like trying to get people, he's like serving hors d'oeuvres, and he starts hitting all of them, talking about like, oh, these hors d'oeuvres are shit. I'm British. Hey, what? And she's like, yeah, I'm the cook. I made all of those. And so he goes back and starts complaining to his friend about how British women are all... They're all snooty. They're and, all snooty yeah. and they, they don't get him. So he's like, I'm going to go date American women. I'll, they just love me because I'm British. Mm-hmm. And he gets a plan into his head that his friend keeps shooting down of, I'm just going to go move to America. No, I don't have any plans. Why do I need plans? I'm going to Wisconsin. Bye. He's just going to visit. He's not going to move there. I mean, he's he's got a pretty solid point because like any... I, I, I've been around enough college girls to know that, like, they adore a British accent. Oh, yeah. Like, they all kind of enjoy it. Karen, I'm the, sure you I, can, I, yeah. you can uh, corroborate this. And it's not just yeah. ladies. No. Know, British accents. British accents mm-hmm. are, are amazingly Even charming. Foreign accent, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's most no matter, exactly. No matter where you are from, something that's from not there is going to just have an instant appeal to it, I think, yeah, for, any, for anyone. Especially if you're in, like, middle America. True. I think. True. So it, yeah, so he, his plan is pretty solid. Just go to some random bar in it, it turns out Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and just start hitting up ladies, and, and it totally and, works. And it works like a charm. He fucking just walks right into the setup to a porn video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walks in and meets three girls, which are Alicia Cuthbert, yeah. January mm-hmm. Jones, and someone whose name I can't pronounce. I looked on the IMDb I, cast list. I, I missed who it was. It was a, it was a Bosnian name. Okay. I can't pronounce it at all. It had, but I mean, three hot blonde coeds. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you should meet our fourth friend. She's the she's the sexy one." And they're like, "Oh, we all share a bed because we're so poor, and we're so poor we can't afford pajamas." Yes, but she'll buy your beer. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, I mean, you and know, I mean, priorities. it's a form of love. Yeah, sex is a form of love. Yes, this is true. So yeah, then at the airport <laughs> scene, we meet them, and it's like, it's like the sexy friend is either Denise Richards or Shannon Elizabeth. It's, it's Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon yeah. Elizabeth, and then she brings her friend for his friend, who is who Denise is Denise Rich- Richards. Yeah, Denise Richards. right. Which uh, we jump straight to the ending there, but I gotta tell you, I was really expecting something terrible to happen to Colin the sex yeah. god. It it should have. I, I, I think th- I think it's funnier that it didn't. I think yeah. it's funny. Yeah. I think it's funny that his terrible plan 
worked perfectly. I think that makes it so much yeah. better than if it because he badly. he just went with like a backpack full of condoms and nothing else, pretty much. I think. Yeah, and his friend was telling him like, "You're setting yourself up for a fall. It's not going to work. You're an idiot." Yeah. But he goes over there, and the first thing you think is he's going to get chopped up into bits. He's going to be fed to sharks. Yeah, this is this is what would happen had I been directing and writing the movie. It, but no. if if a normal person had I, written this movie, yeah, I, I think it's just. I think it works so much better that it worked because it shouldn't. There's no reason it should work. There's no reason this character should have a happy ending, which makes it so much funnier that he does. And he is one of many characters that are. He's not a particularly likable character to no. begin with, too. He's, no. he's kind of a putz. So. He, he, he does that British thing of like, I'm going to curl my upper lip up, and this is how I talk thing, yeah. too. Also, the kid who rants in, uh, in uh, Merry Freaking Christmas has that, like, you know. Oh that, yeah, that, where he, that, he like that teeth bared, everything is bullshit. Look on his face. Yeah, that that kind of mouth breather kind of look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think but, his ending should have happened at post credits, and I yeah. know we're living mm-hmm. it's, in a post credit kind of cinema right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but I think if or everything at, had ended this, and then you found out what happened to him at the end, I think it would have worked thematically because I feel like his story sort of ends before the rest of the movie has ended. Like it, we are, it does. We are. He's. His story starts at the beginning of the resolution phase, mm-hmm. um, and his is one of the ones where it kind of should have been a surprise how it ended. Yeah, it really should have been much later in he the get, film. He gets he gets to America and he goes to the bar and he meets the girls and it's like the end of the second act. He goes home with all of them and you see like through like, through a a bedroom curtain they're all taking their clothes off and you know there's you know there's another turn coming to this story and there's not and there's not no nope. that's it. I was kind of expecting like somebody to, at the airport to be reading a newspaper and the headline to be like, you know, uh, lo- local Brit embarks on sex marathon or something. <laughs> or, just, or just like local man, found, local man found chopped up in bathtub. Right. Oh. In America. Oh. Uh, and then the who pr- do we talk to next? About next? Uh, let's go with Laura Linney. We mentioned her Okay, Laura, yeah. Laura Linney is uh, – her story I think is the saddest of mm-hmm. all of the uh, – the plots in this yeah. movie. Where does she work? Because where do like ha- how these characters work? I is it like a work. graphic design firm yeah. or something? She yeah, she works for Alan Rickman's character at like, yeah. like some design firm. Which... I, w- I was assuming they worked for some weird like goofy ass fashion magazine. That's why all the naked people were on the walls. That's that's the assumption I drew. So the the naked people all took place at Andrew Lincoln's art gallery. Okay. Yes. Which was where the graphic firm Had held the... their Christmas party. Okay. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. And Laura Lenny is she's sort of the, um, I guess the expat. I don't know why she's an, she's an American living in Britain, working at this company, and she's she's very um, very kind of mousy, and I don't want to say li- librarian esque because I know we have librarians on, among our midst here. <laughs> she um, looks just like Drew. She does. <laughs> but people yeah. said I have a very Laura Lenny esque figure. Yes, <laughs> it's part of your Lenny. So wavy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna let you uh, soak in that shame for a moment. Um, Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> so Laurelyn is she? So interesting. She has a very interesting story, but we don't know anything about her other than she works at the same location as everybody else, and mm-hmm. she seems to like this guy. Like that's her yeah. entire character. Also, her phone rings a lot, and someone named Darling is on the other end. We don't know who that is. Right. Right. But uh, in one of her ver- her very first scenes, Alan Rickman calls her into his office, and she basically forces her to lay out the fact that she's been there for what four to five years, and she's been in love with one of her coworkers for four to five years minus a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. And everybody knows it. He knows it. She knows it. They all know it. 
she needs to eat shit or get off the pot, basically. Right. Did you say eat shit or get off I the pot? I said shit or get off the yeah. pot. I'm, I'm going to like... assume that the coworker got the exact same speech from right. um, the the woman in charge there, too, though. And, yeah. and let's just like go ahead and recognize this is like an extremely inappropriate workplace uh, yeah. interaction. Oh, like yeah. Pretty much all of it is. You can't yeah. do that. No. You know? So you're saying your boss can't tell you to go hit on one of your coworkers? Right. What kind of what kind of country is this? Well, it's Richard Curtis country. Uh, <laughs> we can't stop. This is Richard Curtis country. God damn it, Joe! You beat me to it. <laughs> and they're not bats. It's just Rowan Atkinson. Swarms and swarms of Mr. Bean, dressed as a shadow. Beans everywhere. Uh, yeah. So Laura Linney's cut to the chase. She finally yeah. hooks up with her guy, yeah. and it's fantastic. He's gorgeous. She's he looks great. like an underwear model. He probably is, or a swimmer. Oh yeah, or both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the phone interrupts, and we find out who it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it's her brother. It's her brother who is in some kind of an institution. Yeah. And they don't. Do they explain why? Um, I think he's, he might be schizophrenic. He's schizophrenic because okay. he, he yeah. is talking about exorcisms and demons and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we know that her. She explains um, as they are naked on the bed. Essentially, we get to see Laura Linney's breast, which I think is kind of surprising for this film because it's not necessary. To the right, right, and that, that, all that, of the that, that would happen when that happened. I was like, "Oh, right, it's a British film. They will just have people be naked and just not make a deal out of it." Mm-hmm. I think it adds to the vulnerability of her character. Yes, and it, I agree. This is a character who you said very shy and librarian to be on the cusp of something that she actually wants is very freeing, and then to have it shut down. Right. The fact that mm-hmm. she is there in front of us, naked and vulnerable, certainly right. plays on the kind of. <sighs> moment yeah like almost but oh, yeah just, oh. um and she essentially gives up her happiness to take care of her brother right yeah um something that you know she she says she she doesn't regret she doesn't have any problems with it she knows she has to do it though yeah so that's uh in as much as that can be considered a sad ending that she has to give up on on uh mr swimmer's body for her brother, that, mm-hmm. that is kind of a sad ending, but call it maybe a temporary sad ending. It could be just, oh well, yeah. it's always Valentine's no, Day. There's... But but we do get a scene with them later. Yeah, and he says hello, and she says hello, and then she goes back to work and leaves. And so that door is essentially closed. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, yeah. And they did Valentine's Day, and I heard it was a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Ooh. And New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah, love actually sort of started the and Mother's Day is on the way. Oh. <laughs> No, this is all that start- what it's called? With, no, this all started. This all started with way earlier with Halloween. <laughs> a star-studded cast. Of- anyway. <laughs> you can take baby steps before you can do ten, ten, ten consecutive stories at once. Um, but yeah, Laura Linney's story is is uh, again pretty cut and dry. It's very very simple, but then that's it doesn't need to be any more than it is. Yeah, I just think applause for Laura Linney's acting ability. Mm-hmm. In this movie, there are a lot of things I dislike about this film. She is definitely not one of them. Yeah. Um, every scene that she's in is kind of played to perfection by her. And I think it's a very powerful performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like her in general when mm-hmm. I've seen her and stuff. So I got the sense that she, that she was playing a lot younger than she actually is. I, th- mm. I think that character might have been written to be mid-20s, but she's clearly yeah, like... definitely. Or like you know, mate, forty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how know. old she is, but that that character was definitely written to be like the you know, oh, this is my first job out of school type of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
kudos to them for picking a good actress, basically. Yeah, for they, that they wrote the part for her. Yeah, yeah. They they did write it for her. Yeah, basically, they cast a lot of people. No one was right. No one's right. They said we just we want a Laura Linney like person, and they're like, well, why don't you just ask Laura Linney? There you go. That, <laughs> she was do it. filming another movie and actually would be flying across mm. the pond. So. Oh wow, that's gonna be tough. So moving on from there, uh, who else was at the wedding? We mentioned Alan Rickman. Let's go with Alan Rickman. Okay, now. yeah, Alan Rickman. Okay, he's he's Laura Linney's boss at this at this uh, graphic design firm, and he is being hit on ferociously by one of his uh, his secretary. His secretary. His secretary. Yeah, his secretary. It, this, okay. this is yeah. just plain single entendre at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she basically out and out says, you know, it starts off simple. I'll just be hanging out. I, I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. I hope we'll be sitting under the mistletoe, hoping to get kissed. Mm-hmm. Everything you want from me is yours. Uh, yeah. Which is great for Alan Rickman, except that he is, in fact, he is married, married with two kids. A married man with children. And his wife is Emma Thompson. And um, their story the is one of his. lobster? Yeah, the kids. Her, first lobster. Their, first lobster. Mm-hmm. Very, very prestigious. Um, but their story is one of the major stories that re- running through this film. Correct. And it. It concerns him sort of being seduced by his secretary mm-hmm. to the point where she's basically just opening her legs in front of him at work. Yeah. Which is pretty bold. Um, but Emma Thompson finds a a locket or a uh, a necklace. It's a piece of jewelry that looks like a toy. I never it liked it. It kind of does. I never liked that necklace. Yeah. He, he <laughs> This is where we meet Mr. Bean as well. Uh, the secretary basically tells him, buy me something pretty. Right. And he goes to the – he goes with – uh, Emma Thompson to the store and just tries to sneak off and go to the jewelry counter and gets a necklace, picks one out, and Bean, Mr. Bean takes like 90 years in real time in the movie <laughs> to wrap this thing up. He sprinkles cinnamon in it. And like... Uh, puts ta- like like saltwater taffy in it. There's like greenery in there. He puts a turtle in it and makes it a terrarium. <laughs> he puts some weed in there. <laughs> But to make it all better, just special, just for her. Yes. But yeah, she she almost catches him buying this, and then later on, she finds the necklace in his coat pocket, and she assumes it's for her. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's a wrapped gift under the tree that is about the same size as the necklace box. Mm-hmm. But she opens it up, and it's Joni Mitchell. It's, it's a Joni Mitchell CD, which she because... had mentioned, she had mentioned Joni Mitchell yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, and part of that too is like, oh, I feel kind of bad because you know she. She mentioned this earlier in the movie, and so he was actually paying attention when she was talking about how much she loved Joni Mitchell and mm-hmm. what a big part of her life, you know, but then she he, was. He kind of tips his hand in that scene so, and lets us know that he's maybe interested in somebody younger because he kind of gets onto her for listening to Joni Mitchell. Like, You're still listening to that old crap? And I, I didn't, it didn't occur to me then, but yeah, like that's kind of his first hint that like maybe he wants to cheat on her with somebody. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I... He is very hesitant when, with his secretary's um, advances. He doesn't know how to say no. He doesn't know how to say no, but I also think there's a certain level of, um, they definitely show that his life is at a certain point where he's got children, he's married. It, it stresses they've been married for a long time, and to be the subject of the advances of uh, a much younger woman who is attractive is, of course, flattering uh oh, absolutely and you don't get the impression that the secretary loves him yeah or you know is looking for a long-term relationship she's she's it appears to be a fling i mean they don't we don't True. go into 
her back. I don't remember her name. I, no. I don't. We don't uh, know anything about her backstory other than her, her name's Mia. Yeah, her name is Mia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, we do get one scene of her slow dancing with Alan Rickman um, at the Christmas party, just as a slutty devil. Slutty devil. Yeah. Or as I would go to call it, the devil. Because um, <laughs> come on. I was surprised that they showed enough restraint not to have an angel show up. Sure. Well, we have an angel show up. Emma Thompson's already there. You know, ah. and Emma Thompson is working on costuming and of course mm-hmm. um so this leads to christmas you're allowed to do you guys have that that tradition where you can open one present on christmas eve um my family doesn't but i'm familiar with it sure yeah, yeah. so yeah. she opens her one present on christmas eve and it is the Joni mitchell cd right where she realizes the jig is up and which leads to um i think the second i think it's the most powerful scene in the movie um i think laura linney and, and emma thompson steal the show in this movie as far oh, as yeah. the drama is concerned yeah. the dialogue less scene of her in the bedroom trying to compose herself when she's just realized that you know the person yeah. that she's given so much of her life to is he bought a necklace and it's not for her it's not for her and she was she knew the necklace was there she was so excited this is a, a reaffirmation of their love this is you know Something that she was expecting a high, she gets a low, and right. she plays it so perfectly. This is a yeah. This is something you get from a stage actress who does so much of her work with her body mm-hmm. and realizing that movement plays such an important part, or lack thereof. Just sitting by the bed, and you've got this wonderful framed image of her sitting by the bed, her the the you know the wedding bed, the marriage bed. There's two pillows there. It's a symbol of the relationship. Yep, and she just reaches down and straightens the already straightened sheet. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, God. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, because it sounds like you love this movie. Yeah, she, she confronts him, though, about the necklace, mm-hmm. and they don't exactly split up, I don't think, but things are definitely... It's not exactly clear, but it, it, it is. What is clear is that they are not on very good terms anymore. Yeah, they, no. they are on speaking terms, and they're and that's the best they're going to hope for right this second. Right, sure. I think the fact that he did not actually commit to a physical act that we uh, know of that we that we, it's true that we know of right that is that is true because they never show us the scene of him giving Mia the like, the necklace right, but you see her in but, her in her one. flat like wearing it when she's yeah. getting undressed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, That's later true. on. So she's got it. She does yeah. have it. But yeah, you, you don't see him give it to her. It's just that she's wearing it later in the movie, right. like when she's either getting dressed or undressed in her like apartment. So yeah. something has happened, but we're not entirely sure what. Um, sure. And yeah, I, I, I think that's, I, that's one, yeah, that is one of the more interesting uh, parts of this film is that, that certain things are left unsaid. And it tends it this, these stories like the Emma Thompson story in particular it does rely so much on body language and things not being said when so much of the film is also narrated and said through uh, subtitles and words written on poster board and things like that. Yeah, it shows just as much as it tells. Emma Thompson's character. I don't know what Emma Thompson does. Um, maybe the job. Maybe Alan Rickman's job is so successful that she doesn't need to have a job outside of work, which also would um, have other implications as far as being part right. of the home. But she is the sister, younger sister yes. to Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. who we have mentioned slightly, who is the newly elected prime minister, which yeah. is you know it's kind of a big deal. no small feat, not nothing. Yeah, um, 
again, Emma Thompson doesn't have a, a security guard around her, which I, I believe yeah. would probably be, you I know. Think I think that if you were, like, immediate family, you would yeah. totally warrant a security de- detail. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Because um, the very first thing in the movie was I was half paying attention, <laughs> and it was so, – I, I don't remember who it was, but it was someone getting out of bed with a woman who was sick. Who were, the, who were those people? Okay, that is Colin Firth okay. and his – wife slash girlfriend okay and yeah we haven't gotten really to Colin Firth Colin Firth uh, story I don't, doesn't have a whole lot of connection to his is one of the ones you could definitely cut out and not yeah I think lose he, was, yeah. he was just like he was just like a, at the art gallery at some point maybe that was his which, connection or... which I, I hate to say because I actually did kind of enjoy his his, well, little, let's talk his about, brief little story let's talk about Colin Firth okay. I think I feel Hugh Grant is kind of named the pinnacle of this and yeah, yeah he he's... kind of ties it all together so yeah so Colin Firth Again, gets out of bed. His wife, girlfriend is sick, so she's not going to go. He is heading to the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but after the wedding, he comes back, and his brother, right? His brother mm-hmm. is there, get borrowing a CD, except that he's, in fact, having sex with... Uh... So, again, we have brother, brother cheating on brother's wife, best friend, coveting... Right. Best, uh, right, best. right. So there, 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 there is a lot of infidelity going on here, which a lot of infidelity. I, it's I, a form of love. It is. <laughs> it is. So, some Not more when I espouse, but you know. some more right than others. <laughs> but uh, Colin Firth's reaction to this is to flee to the countryside. It's Italy, the, the, Italy, no. Oh, less. Italy. Okay, I thought no, it was no, in France. France, 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 France. Yeah. Okay. Where he shacks up in a uh, very nice uh, cottage on a pond on a lake somewhere. It's, it's something he's rented before. I get I, I, from it, yeah. It seems like this yeah. is like his getaway to where where he he's goes a to write. Successful writer, he's, I think is yeah. So he's he's basically the British James Patterson. Something something along those lines, yeah. And he's writing his next book, uh, in, I guess in seclusion, and he has a Portuguese nanny working for him. Yeah, yeah. His um apparently the woman he rents the the villa from. Speaks French, but they've hired a woman who is Portuguese, mm-hmm. speaks no French, does not speak English. Right. So their entire communication is that fun little trope where he says something to her and it turns out she's saying the exact same thing yeah. to him. But I I found like how just on the nose that was every single time they're saying the same fucking thing. So goddamn irritating. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's like a good... Maybe, I don't know. Maybe people enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's meant to be cute, but, but like they yeah. do, that, that, they do it ten that, times. Yeah, it passes cute in the saccharine pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like it, it was just you know, if, like it happened like once or twice, like kind of here hit or miss. Like I'd be like, oh, that is pretty cute, but every single line they're like saying the same thing in two different languages and not realizing it. It's very much an A. It, it, in another film, this would have been the A story, right? Yeah, uh, right. You know where language. You don't language. The language of love is more important than the actual language that you're speaking, right? Um, because all it takes to fall in love is to have her strip naked, jump into a lake, and she uh, has a lower back tattoo. Yeah, yeah, she's got a tramp stamp. Sorry, <laughs> she must be like in the Portuguese mob or something, right? <laughs> because th- that tattoo, I couldn't identify, but it looks it looks scary. <laughs> she, she was uh, she was sold into uh, into slavery. Yeah, so um you know, they so, yeah. she she is cleaning up around him and he's just they're they're just both babbling to each other in their languages, just saying like, I know you can't understand me, so I'm just gonna say what I'm actually thinking right now. So he and he's sitting outside with his typewriter and his stack of papers in in just the open air. He has mm-hmm. paperweights though. Yeah, he's paperweights. Well his paperweight is his like mug that he's using. Right. He had a rock too, but yeah, that that's that's a dumb paperweight to have because you know you're gonna pick it up. Yeah. yeah. 
But she picks up the paperweight. His papers go flying off into the lake. She runs after them instinctively, I guess. Yeah. And strips down, and he gets a good good eyeful of right. her, and she jumps in, and then he's like, well, shit. If she's jumping in, she's going to think I'm an asshole for not jumping in. So he jumps in. Yeah. And, and you know she's, like, horrified because she thinks she's about to lose her, like, income. Because right. she just, like, she totally fucked up. She's going to fire her. But yeah. At the, at the same time, she's just totally being, like, a sassy maid because she's like, this better be the best fucking book ever. Right. He, yeah, he's just like, don't don't bother jumping in. It's <laughs> it's awful. It's garbage. <laughs> it's the rage. I was going to throw it away anyway. Um but then they have their little meet cute where, where where she says, hey, maybe you could give me half of the profits of the book. And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll give you 5% of the profits of the book. Yeah, the which term is... meet cute kept on going through my head the entire time. Yeah. Their entire relationship is a meet cute. Yeah. Eventually he and then goes, he has then he I'm sorry he has a meet cute with her entire uh, her, her entire village yeah he, he goes he goes back to um, England she goes back to Portugal and they both start taking language lessons he goes off he goes to a family Christmas party or something mm-hmm. like that yeah so yeah he takes, he's like the uncle because they're like say goodbye to Uncle uh, what's his name Jamie Uncle 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 Jamie yeah, yeah. Jamie okay. good job John and he they, they open the door and everyone's there and he's just like yeah I gotta go and he. <laughs> Hops a plane to Portugal. I hate Uncle James. <laughs> bring me back something from Lisbon. <laughs> Fine, I'll bring you back my new wife. Yes, I'll bring, <laughs> I'll bring you back an aunt. That's good. I'll, like, I'll take it. So yeah, he goes right. there and he eventually finds her house and her and comically surly family with yeah. a fat sister. Fat shaming. Fat shaming. Yeah, family, exactly. Because yeah, the the whole like punchline there is that like, oh they're fat. All right. And he and you know, he 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 immediately uh, introduces himself by saying, Hi, I'm here to marry your daughter. Yeah. And the guy's like, My fat ugly daughter? Okay, here yeah, she is. Miss Dunkin' Donuts two thousand three yeah. or whatever. <laughs> a direct quote from the movie subtitles, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um and he's like, no, your other daughter. And the guy says, well, she's working down at the cafe down the street. He's like, okay, great. And then everybody in town follows him. It's Pied Piper style. They, it is. Yeah. They essentially. It's like, we're going to go, we're going to go kill Aurelia now. Well, yeah. Yeah. They play a game of telephone on the way where, you know, first the, the sister's saying, oh, he's going to sell my, you know, he's going to sell Aurelia to this Englishman. And it turns into this Englishman's going to kill Aurelia. <laughs> Everybody in town's like, oh, I gotta see this. Yeah. They're starved for entertainment, apparently. Apparently. In small town Portugal. <laughs> um, if any of our Portuguese listeners out there have stories about, uh, uh, you know, angry British men coming to, to take their daughters, you know, please email us. Human trafficking. Yeah. Small town murder. Mm, yeah. It's adorable. It's cute. All star waitresses. Tonight <laughs> on CBS. So, yeah, he proposes to her in very broken Portuguese, and she says yes. In perfect English. Yeah. No, so. No, she, yeah, no, she, it's, it's a little well, it, off. Her, it's a little off, but, I mean, she's, yeah, of course I will. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole uh, proposal really bugs me, too, because, A, they don't know each other that well, and, B, she's at fucking work. And in front of all these goddamn people, and what is she gonna say? But yes, yeah. Right. I've, I've I mean, she them. is so put on the spot. Okay, you know those people who like propose at halftime in a basketball game or whatever. I've seen one of those where she said no, and it was the most like, I'm going. I feel bad for all these people involved. <laughs> I'm going to go take a walk by myself now. Type videos I've ever seen. Because it just ends yeah. with this guy just standing there, and the and the and the cartoon mascot is like, ah, cheer up, go get the next one, buddy. <laughs> Follow up question: Did his team lose? <laughs> 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 yeah like watching stuff like this just makes me feel like such a like sour pragmatist though because i'm like oh i know i, I realize so mad like 
in the moment, you know, you, you, you act impulsively and emotionally and, and, and things like that, and that's fine, and that's kind of what this movie's stock and trade is, but. Oh my god. Ten, ten years later, we're sitting here going, well, none of this really makes any sense. Um, I get that. Yeah, there, this movie <laughs> is definitely that. as if Christmas is not, like, after Christmas, nothing else matters. And we do get, like, several months later, but. We haven't even mentioned Christmas yet. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of repercussions. Um, to the actions of this that should happen and we never get a chance to see right. because that's, right. that's how movies work. Okay, so, um, so we have... Um, let's go with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Liam Neeson, was he also at the wedding? I don't think he was. Liam Neeson wasn't at the wedding he because was... he was attending the funeral of his wife. Right. Yes. Okay. Liam Neeson is... Um, how does he know the other characters? I think he is... Friends He's very Emma good Thompson's. friends with, with Emma Thompson. They're okay. like BFFs. I, I was wondering about that because like they they do seem very buddy buddy, and in in a, in a way that I would have suspected them to be cheating together. I didn't See, I didn't know. No, I couldn't remember their exact relationship, and I thought that they were siblings. But I she, did too. Because it it's, it's a very like I thought that she was his ex wife, and they were on that decent, could be. I don't know. It actually terms. would work. I would yeah. believe that. Because there are people that are like that with their exes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but Liam Neeson's story is that, it, you know, it's his first scene is, is him giving the eulogy at his wife's wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all that you need to say about that because then his real story is him and his stepson and trying to basically cheer his stepson up because he knows his stepson is dealing with the death of his mother. But also there's something else wrong with him. And he finally comes out with it that he's in love with one of his classmates. Who has the same name as his mom. Yes. That seems important. Um, but then, so Liam Neeson goes through the, the trials of teaching this kid what, you know, what to do and how to win her over. And it turns out that she's a singer. And so he's going to try and get into the school pet, the, the school Christmas pageant as a musician. Yep. And, this, and this is a comedy. So what, what instrument does he play? The drums. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yep. What is he right on his, his bedroom door? Like Rhythm Ringo is my life. Ringo yeah. rules. Yeah. That's a number of things. He's right. got a chalkboard on his door. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a very straightforward story. Yeah, you know it's yeah. like um, that, he's he's having coming to terms with the woman he loves is gone, and now he is not saddled with a child, but it's obviously that their relationship is not as strong as he wants. He yeah. doesn't know if he can do it, but right. this challenge of helping him is because it's, it's not along. it's yeah. not his child, and yeah. that's that's that is definitely awkward for them. The girl he has a crush on is out is actually American, right? Which she's, I guess she's an exchange student and she is going away for, she's going away, back home to America for, presumably for the Christmas break. And, um, actually, he, what I kind of give this movie credit for to an extent yeah, is yeah. that she is African American and the movie just doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It just yeah. Lets it happen. I was, a, lesser, a lesser movie would make a deal out of it. Yeah. I was expecting Liam Neeson to say, oh, okay, well, there's something else going on here, but he doesn't because it's not important. Yeah. Good, you know, good for them. Um, but then the kid makes his uh, big his the kid makes his grand gesture by chasing her down at the airport to tell her goodbye. Right. Yeah. And, and then Interpol kills him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, it's, the, the, the band, not made. the the band, not yeah. the police. <laughs> with, with a slow hand. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, stressing the fact that it happens in 2003, right after 9/11. Yeah, that's pretty. A efficient. child bra- running through security and just rushing up right. to a plane at a large like international airport. Right, right. If this were done on an international two, flight, no yeah. yes. This is 2015, 2016. Every open carry. Oh no, I guess they didn't do a lot of them. But anyway, yeah, you, <laughs> you you couldn't you couldn't even get you know 50 feet within a, a gate. Yeah. At an airport nowadays. 
But in 2003, I guess. Uh, well, also in the I, UK. In the UK, I guess I don't. I don't know how the UK was, you know, immediately post 9/11. So I don't know. Yeah. And the responsible adult in his life encourages him to do this as well. Oh, yeah. he's, he's like, <laughs> "Go run!" You know. Yeah. I mean, if this was if this movie was made in America in 2004, um, the kid would be detained and he'd put into a FEMA camp or something. Right. Well, if it was made this year, the dad would be like, just sex your own kick or whatever you dumb kids do. <laughs> <laughs> if this movie were made this year, yeah, the the um, the, uh, so the dating apps on people's phones would be all over the place. Yeah. It would be like little text windows cell popping up. Cell phones play almost no part in this movie. Yeah. Only Laura Lenny's character yeah. has a cell phone. or I'm sure they all have cell phones, but right, only hers but, matters. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, cell phones are extremely prevalent now. <laughs> yeah. You know, certain movies would be broken with, yeah. with the use of cell phones. And, like, for example, we mentioned earlier, Rear Window. You, you call the police and boom, done. Yeah. Story's over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, cell phones are really Isn't that kind of why Disturbia kind of sucked? Because Disturbia was real, Rear Window with cell phones? Exactly. Because you have a kid locked in his own house with the internet and cell phones and, like, well, what's the problem? I, I actually remember that movie. And where they got the the conflict was from that was that the kid, like... The reason he was on house arrest was because he accidentally killed the kid of, like, one of the police sergeants who was keeping oh, him on house wow. arrest or something like that. Like, he, he like, there was, like, a, a car accident of some sort that, that he was at he was at fault to an extent, and he killed, like, one of the cop's family. And that's why that cop was just kind of, like, being a double asshole to him. Uh, so he got, like, a, like, they made an example out of him, basically. Well, no, no, no. He's on house arrest, but that's just that cop was specifically being, like, a super asshole to him because oh, of that. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't seen it, but it sounds interesting. Mm. Yeah. Other than that twist, it's literally a rear window. Anyway, one of the key points with the Liam Neeson um, and his stepson story is that Liam Neeson is more positive and energetic than I've ever seen him. <laughs> he is it's, so happy. It is kind of amazing. For no a man one has kidnapped his child. I mean, his wife just died, but he's still all right. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. Like it's it is straight up weird to see Liam Neeson smile so much in a movie. The, the yeah. surprising thing to me was how it's like you hear him and it's like, oh, that actually is Liam Neeson, even though I only heard him do American voices. That is just Liam Neeson saying consonants differently. Because like you listen to Hugh Laurie put on an American accent versus Hugh Laurie talking as he normally does, it's a world of difference. You can tell he's putting on a voice for House. <laughs> Where Liam Neeson, when he does like, I'm an American guy now in this movie or whatever, it's... Right. It's still Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson in his natural element is is something that I need I need more of in my movies. Yeah, right. I recommend Dark Man and uh, Excalibur. Yes. I assume that Liam Neeson in his free time runs around as a horrible burn victim <laughs> or challenging people to duels. Alternatively, uh, if you've ever seen the, it's a western called Seraphim Falls, and the plot is basically Liam Neeson chasing down Pierce Brosnan in the old west. I have seen it. Oh wow. His American accent is horrific. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh uh, Grant. This is like maybe uh, the biggest story. No, let's, let's save it for last. Then maybe. Well, I guess so. let's get, let's Hugh, Hugh Grant is, the, is a fun story, but there's there's that glue that holds everything together with Bill Nye. Yeah, let's go with Mar- let's go with Martin Freeman real quick. Oh, like, oh, oh wow. yeah, Martin Freeman. Exactly. <laughs> oh wow, I thought we hit so, him earlier. Okay, yeah, we actually hit so far. So we've hit um the sex god, sex god. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna write. We're about missing it. Martin Freeman, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant and Bill Nye. Those are so we, we talked seven so far. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're almost there. So Martin Freeman is like a body double in some kind of... In, I, I think it, just like regular movies when they have like sex scenes, you know, how the, yeah, they, yeah, they, they have body being, doubles pre- sometimes. They were, they were like miming pretty explicit things though. They weren't just miming like, you know, oh, we're naked in the scene now. Okay. 
Yeah, this is this is essentially a high budget porn film. Yeah. Um, Get up. These oh. mics don't go that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially a high budget porn film, uh, and he is the um, stunt cock. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, his. He mentioned that he he has once worked done this for Brad Pitt. Right in right. Um, Seven Years in Tibet. Yes. So I don't remember that scene in Seven Years in Tibet, but I um, I'm sure that there is not... a Hollywood inside joke for to mentioning that movie. Probably. Uh, not our place to say because I don't remember Seven Years in Tibet that well. Oh, um, to go back quickly, yes. also, Rowan Atkinson shows up at the airport being really fuddy-duddy and fastidious with all of his stuff, and that's yeah. how the kid sneaks through. Yes, okay. That character was originally supposed to be a Christmas angel, not even joking. And they, well, wait, yeah, because... Like, are you fucking kidding no, me? Yeah, no, he was supposed to be a Christmas angel, and they were like, wait, that's stupid, and just change him to just a normal... Oh, well, no, because they tur- he turns around <laughs> and ends up not going through security and just kind of, like, mugs toward the camera Yeah. after yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. No, but, you, but you're right. He is a Christmas angel. That yeah. makes perfect and it, sense. Yeah, he was originally supposed to be literally the Christmas angel in the movie, and they were like, wait, that's fucking stupid. Let's write that out. You know what? I kind of wish they hadn't. <laughs> It would be like this fucking Santa Claus and Christmas with a crank, exactly, though. Exactly, I know. And this movie could have stood to have one silly One moment that makes me go, God damn it, and storm out of the room? Yes. <laughs> and instead, it became a moment where I said, God damn it, why is this not real? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is the st- and his lady. I don't Ju- know. Who's Judy is her name. I don't yeah, know I don't know Just that. Judy. Just Judy. Just Judy. Yeah, and I don't know the actress or anything, okay. so. I, for a second, I thought it might have been, um, what's her name from The Office? His, it's not Pam, it's. Um, Dawn? Dawn, yeah. No. But. No, she, looks, been she looks different. Um, so, yeah, they're completely naked, miming oral sex and full-on penetration yes. for this thing. But at the same time, they are carrying on these scenes in a completely disinterested yeah, they're just day having day. like conversations, yeah. like getting to know each other, basically. And yeah. yeah, they're just having small talk around a water cooler. Right. <laughs> it's just that the water cooler is is Martin Freeman's penis. Yes. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. The water cooler is Martin Freeman's penis. <laughs> um, Doctor Horrible Two. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. They he casually asks her out on a date. Mm-hmm. She says yes. They have a very awkward kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we then we don't see him again until the end of the until movie. Until the very end. That's the, that's the, that's it for them. Yeah. I really thought that she was going to invite him up because ha- working with him the way she does, you'd you'd think uh, you'd think they'd be further along than they right. are. But that's not real. But that's not real. You got to disconnect. But I I guess so. I don't know. I I can't say I've been in that situation, so maybe I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> well, at the end stories. of the movie, they get married. So so the movie is that's true. Yeah, is supposed yeah. to have taken place essentially Over, um, like in six five months. weeks yeah. leading or, to Christmas. Yeah, weeks. That's right. And then a short period of time after the month, Christmas. The so after, they, yeah. you know, so it's about two months. So yeah. I buy it. Okay. So there's that. Uh, okay, so two quick left. Thing. Quick. Um, so I guess we have to go with uh, Hugh Grant now. Hugh Grant, who is uh, who's playing. Emma Thompson's older brother, who is also he also happens to be the Prime Minister of England. Mm-hmm. On his like first day in yeah, Ten first, Downing Street. First day on the job, as it were, and he immediately hits it off with uh hit one of his uh She brings the tea and biscuits. Yeah. She he gave her an actual title, the catering director. Yeah. Sure. Uh, which I do believe is made up. Um but he immediately hits it off with her and she seems to like him. But then the president of the United States shows up and ruins everything. Oh, Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, basically playing Bill Clinton, but not. Exclusively. I was really hoping when I first got when he first got the limo, I was like, "Holy shit, it's Ray Wise!" 
Oh my god. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. I learned something today about Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, I no. did not know. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember really early on in trivia I asked you um what animal Tyra Banks is incredibly afraid of? I do remember that. Do you remember what the answer is? No. It's dolphins. She's afraid of dolphins. It's really? A really it's an odd thing to be afraid of, I guess. Wow. But nothing compares to what Billy Bob Thornton is afraid of. He is deathly afraid of antiques. Really? Antiques. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind. Antiques oh freak him out for some reason. I don't know. I yeah. haven't gotten it. I, I learned this little snippet of information um, from reading that Hugh Grant, in preparation for those scenes, would take a picture of an antique furniture or something, and right before he started talking, would have someone off ca- off camera flip it off and show. And so you get these reactions. But Thornton would like kind of eyes would widen a little bit and then go into a scene, and it was just someone showing up um, flyers with with uh, antiques on. That them. is amazing. That is uh, my guess fantastic. would be he's a, like, oh my god, the person who made slash used this is dead. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I understand. I can. I get that. I can actually mm-hmm. hear the, understand the rationalization. I'm just kind of curious about how that comes into play. It like, seems yeah. kind of like awful though to like. To play on someone's phobia like that, because that sounds like a legit phobia that that you know, like a especially in the UK where it's all old there. I mean, yeah, into a castle, I don't know. Yeah, that I gotta wrap my head around this for a second. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Hugh Grant um, isn't a hundred percent sure wow. he likes this woman until um, the president of the United States hits on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, at a press conference, he essentially repudiates um, the president as being a bully and. Uh, Right. Gives us a rousing speech, which, of course, would just have horrible political repercussions. Oh, absolutely. Just, but, the mean, country loves it. They're all just like, yeah. he's the ass-kicking oh, yeah. right. ass PM now. He is essentially Canada's prime minister. Like, yeah. he, he is, if he were like 10, 15 years younger, he would be whoever the the, just, the new guy. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's essentially Trudeau. <laughs> the... I've only seen Trudeau on TV once, but it was from, I think it was either The Daily Show or the, you know, John Oliver show, but he was showing off his... Um, uh, his one hidden talent, which is apparently that he can throw himself down a flight of stairs and not get hurt. <laughs> so he did this on live TV, just threw himself down a flight of stairs and stood up and went, ta-da. Is he like a stunt man? Apparently. Yeah, the great thing about Does he that know is, how to fall? Is it only takes you go, that go wrong once and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, snapped your neck. Still. Christ. <laughs> let me show you how to do this on oh, live TV. It anyway. seems really irresponsible to be like the leader of a country. <laughs> Especially if he said we're live on camera. Hands. No one knows I'm about to do this. <laughs> <laughs> is his one his security his one team challenge? is like shitting themselves? <laughs> um, so back to Hugh but, Grant. It, yeah, but anyway, Billy Bob. Yeah, is he plays essentially Bill Clinton? For, yeah. I thought he was going to be in more of the film than he was. When, he, when he's you, not necessary. He's the catalyst he's to let him know yeah. that he he actually likes. But um, uh, the big bottomed girl, as the <laughs> other people say. And again, Legs, is, there's another thighs like a tree trunk. Yeah, everyone yeah, calls um, her chubby, and she is like super not chubby. Like she's, she's not. There's no. the, the there is something in this script that I don't know. It's crawled it, up Curtis's butt. It's and, ver- uh, yeah. yeah. It's very. It's unfortunate and it's distracting, and it he it, very much has an image problem. I think. Yeah. Or at least a, a problem with other people's images. Well, the humor is aimed at that. Yeah, right. it's almost as if this was an American film. It, if if there were more men in the movie, it would be we're bonding, but they would all be making like gay jokes. Right, um, maybe it's kind of along the same yeah. same maybe. line. Yeah. Which, it's super off putting when you are a large woman to like watch that, you know. <laughs> and it's not to feed uh, the other female character 
at all. So it's not right. like we're not learning more about um, the woman who's calling her fat. It's not like we're learning about her story. Yeah. What we're doing is just, it's just, would we call her? Anyway. Yeah. Probably not. But then again, it's, I, unnecessary. it's just long enough ago that maybe, I don't know. Don't try justifying it. I can't. It's I really right. can't. That's not the alley you It's a, it's a, it's a shitty out. thing, but it's, it's a weird running joke where it's like, I don't know, because it sounds like it's a childhood nickname, but half these people shouldn't know that about her because like her dad calls her pudgy or whatever. Right. Plumpy. 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 Yes. Plumpy. Yeah. Um, anyway, Hugh Grant, now the favorite prime minister of all of England because of what he did to- Has to get rid of her. Has to get rid of because her. Because he realizes that, that she is a distraction and his emotions are- Actually, he is now prime minister, and there's there could potentially be repercussions. Like, gets rid I, of her. He's yes. like, I just severed diplomatic ties with the U.S. because of her. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And so she disappears for almost the rest of the movie until the the kind of denouement of the film. Yeah, and it kind of really kind of I don't know. I felt like I, I feel like I'm going on like a fucking feminist screen now, but it felt like it kind of like takes away her agency too because she's just like an object for him to just like you know mm-hmm. throw over here. Right. He can. He feels like he can do what he wants with her because he's yeah. the prime minister. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know. That kind of bugs me too. That's even true. though I like their kind of like their story, but well, then, there's a lot to be bugged by this. this yeah. Film. Well, then and then after that, whenever <clears> we <throat> we drop in on him to see how he's doing, he's just sitting around wishing he hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. What's, what happens is he's opening up Christmas cards and he gets one from hers that's basically just like, you can have me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she's like, you know, like this movie's like Manic Pixie did, Dream did, Girl. Like did, she's an idea. And not did really Alan Rickman's secretary accidentally send a postcard to the president? Well, they are neighbors. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. They are yeah, next door the, neighbors. The postcard says that, you know, she sends a letter saying that whatever happens, I'm yours and like that. Like it's very, very yeah. on the nose of like, mm-hmm. maybe that's just how they are on that side of town. Yeah. <laughs> on the dodgy end. On the dodgy end of town. Yeah. So he gets a car, drives over to the dodgy end of town. He knows what street she lives on because she mentioned it, but that's all she knows. And he's like, well, time to knock on every single door in the second yeah, it's, street. It's very, like, uh, very dense with houses. So he gets to ha- make his romantic gesture of An- annoying all of his constituents. <laughs> basically telling all of her neighbors that he's looking for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not being subtle in this scene at all, but no. it's... It's funny. Him but, singing carols to the small children is, yes. is actually quite delightful. Singing yeah. it well. And as we watched it, and he's standing there kind of looking befuddled, like, what do I do now? I actually was about to just start singing Good King Wins list. <laughs> and then he did it for me. Thank God for Hugh Grant. And then his, uh, was it his driver or his security guy? His driver, bodyguard. Okay, so it's it's all like all his, in one. His man. Fucking start singing. <laughs> The rolling his eyes. It's a, it's, it, it's actually kind of a wonderful scene. It's a this very cute scene. Deep voice, yeah. But then once he fi- actually finds, uh, what's her name? Natalie. Natalie. Once he actually finds Natalie, uh, she is with her entire family and they are getting ready to go to the, uh, mm-hmm. school, uh, Christmas pageant. Yeah. That every single character in the movie is has a connection to. Yes. 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 So this is how we tie up our, not loose ends, but this is how we weave everything together. Mm -hmm. So it sort of starts with the wedding that many of the people are at or have a connection to and ends with the sort of the the, The school play. play. Yeah. The, the big, big, the, the big musical number, uh, to end the film. And there's still one musical number left. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically, uh, Hugh Grant is there with, with, Prime Minister's there with Natalie. They decide to go off and watch the play from you know backstage, where they won't be bothered. Well, so he doesn't want to cause a scene and steal. Exactly. From yeah, he, he doesn't. But yeah. he also doesn't want to make out with her in public because that would also cause its own scene. Oh, too um, bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. That cat's out of the bag. Um, and 
Yeah, they decided well, to, they decided to make out literally right backstage between the curtain and some props that say Merry Christmas on it. Maybe they should have paid a little more attention to their surroundings, but whatever. Right. The end of the song, it's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, sung oh, by like a 10-year-old. Of course it is. With well, a great voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the Joanna that uh the kid from Force Awakens is going after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's and he's sit, he's sitting there with her drumming along and he's doing pretty good. Yeah. He's also the only one we hear. He, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody else can play their instruments. Right. Um I, you know, I took music classes in the middle school, and uh, if if you're the fourth or fifth uh, instrument, you tend not to play. Like, you're just like, as long as I just wave this around so people think I know what I'm doing with it, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the song ends, and the curtain comes up, and Hugh Grant's there kissing Natalie, and oh, what a scene. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it's not a scandal or anything. He's no, single. It's ju- it's no, like, it's just like, right. Yeah. But like I said when we were watching it, that's the thing that you want to see like at the end of your kid's Christmas pageant is the fucking right. curtain coming up on a couple of adults making out. Right, because the, the, the newspaper headline the next day is not going to be, what a great play. It's going to be, the pre- the prime minister was making out with somebody at this children's First story. lobster kills nativity scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like, there was at least two oh. lobsters, a whale, one of the octopus. kings. Octopus. Octopus. One of the Eight kings was. is a, a lot. Um, it's a lot David. of legs. Yeah. It's a lot of legs, David. <laughs> One of the three kings was Spider-Man. Yes. yes. <clears throat> God, and it's, and you know what? That's exactly how that would have played out. What would you like to be? I want to be King Spider-Man. Okay, you get to be King. But what do you, I want to okay. be an octopus at the Nativity Seat of Christ. Yes. All right. Anyone else lobsters? What, so what else? is this like a Montessori school or something? What else is in? The... I went to Montessori school. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is a Montessori school. <laughs> what else is in the Bible? Jonah and the whale. Right. Put a whale. Yeah. Put a skeleton in his mouth. And I don't say that like derogatorily at all. It's just no, what no, it sounds no. like. It's like you know. What do this, you want is, to do? This is like type of place where someone's like, "Why would we say? Yeah. It's like why would we say no to this? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's far more interesting than the same old bullshit we've been watching for the last. <laughs> exactly. But these kids right. have some personality. Mm-hmm. So there's nine stories. <clears throat> there's ten. Yes. There's, 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 ten, there's one Bean, more. Well, no, that, that we've done nine. Yeah, Mr. Bean is considered the tenth story. Oh, I see. Well, I, we no, haven't, I, but we haven't done Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill I, actually, Nye. I actually looked it up just to make sure because I'm like, we've only done eight. We were forgetting one. And no, Mr. Bean is considered the last one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, now Bill Nye, the science okay. guy. Yeah, we who I think he's the first legitimate character we meet because he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's recording yep. recording his big Christmas song, which is if you really. Um, Love is all around us, and then you realize, no, no, it's not love. That's your old hit. You did some, you know, ten years ago, fifteen yeah, years it's ago. Actually, it's actually a song by the Trogs. I mean. The Trogs, yeah. Christmas is all around us is his new thing. Yeah, that is. There's no chance, but apparently it's a thing in the UK where you want to be the number one Christmas song. And this, this is by the way, the song that he made for this movie was released in the UK in the hopes that it would become number one. Oh God! And it did not. Did not. But it, it came not do well. It came well. Oh, no, it did, did well. well. It okay. just didn't. Okay. Wasn't number one. Fair enough. Um, but he he does not seem to care much for the song or for pretty much anything anymore. He's an old he's an old faded rock star, and his star is dimming. But he's got this yeah. one last shot, and he he's yeah. gonna take it, but he doesn't really care. He's lived. He's lived pretty hard. He's, you know, he's basically Mick Jagger. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, he's that basically is Mick Jagger. If by if, way of Robert Palmer, though, because his all his videos yes. are very, very yeah, Palmer-esque. Yes. That's what I was thinking as well. Is like watching Addic- Addicted to Love, and all the Santa girls were like, you know, playing the the instruments and dancing and back licking and forth. Their lips and ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They, they show that one shot of that one girl licking her lips over and over again. Oh, God. And it's a really <laughs> awkward because she's like, there's a lot of lipstick on my lips right now. Yeah. I really just. Like, yeah. I'd this is like not. wax. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he records this song. He has trouble doing it. But once it's recorded, he goes in to interview about it. And he he's makes just, very yeah. clear he does not care. He's just like, fuck it. What do I care? My career's Look, over. Yeah. I'm, I'm going up against these, these young pubs who think they know something about music. And, well, if, if I don't do well, then fuck them. Um, and then he goes on TV and basically all, all but says it. And, yeah. Uh, well, and then he like, you know, challenges himself yeah, on, he, he, on he's TV. He's like, if this gets number one, I'll dance around naked on TV. Yeah. And that's sort of the closing. One of the closing images of the film is is Bill Nye uh, performing this song on t- on a stage, stripping off jacket, pants, everything but boots and a and a a guitar. A well placed guitar. Yes. The naked cowboy with less disturbing politics. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Nye's love is his manager. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The ugliest man on the planet, as he said. Right. Who, you know, through thick and thin, he achieves the success that he's always wanted and realizes that what he really wants is to spend time with this guy. Right. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very sweet. Yeah. It, yeah, that gets like the, the platonic end of love of like, this is someone who... While you don't have any romantic feelings for them, it's like life would be pretty shitty if this person wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah. It, they have kind of a stilted but like sort of touching, like you know, moment toward I, the end when he comes yeah. to his house. I think it comes the closest of any of the stories to being the one that's actually like somewhat about about Christmas because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> because he he comes to his manager's house and says, "I realize you know Christmas is about being with the people who matter to you," and well, right here I am. Yeah, creepy guy with the signs uh, said Christmas was about telling the truth, which I've never heard in my life. I You're creepy. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of characters who are just like, and also it's Christmas, dot, dot, dot. Like, they're just saying, it's also Christmas, so I should get what I want. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But uh, the story with Bill Nye and his manager, that's as sort of underplayed as it is, because they, it is kind of the one that gets kind of, the, not the least play, but very minimal. It only pops up kind of here and there. And not for very long. But it's... They run the entire length of the... Unlike, say, Martin Freeman, who disappears for huge chunks. Like, yes. Basically, we get um, Martin Freeman and Colin, the god of sex. They have one scene per act. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some running stories. Right. You know? uh, so you, you get Hugh Grant running through the entirety of it. You get um, Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson running through it. And you certainly get Bill Nye running through the entirety of it. But... Right. Of it's, the three, it's a developing plot rather than a developing relationship. The relationship's right. already there, but the realization of that relationship doesn't occur until the, the kind of the day. Right. Story. Yes. Yes. And I, like I said, I think if Love Actually is is supposed to be a Christmas movie, I think that's the scene that really says it. Yeah, I thought that was kind of probably the most touching. And it, and John alluded to it. Uh, it's the, he's not a gay character, is he? No. No. He, uh, he makes the joke that you know he's over at Elton John's house and he's only there for ten minutes and well, his manager says, "Oh well, that ten minutes was all it took to, to yeah <laughs> to turn you, huh?" But uh, no, he's he's not apparently not gay and he, neither is his manager and they're just you know they're just gonna get drunk and watch porn. Two buds because later on at the airport scene he comes out with a woman who's right. Like, it's, a, it's like no, it's not her. It's this other name now. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, okay. found, I found a different blonde German girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I was expecting him to be Colin's dad. Oh my god, that would have been fun. 
Oh, it would have. It would have explained so much about Colin. Yeah. Because you know, we get to the airport scene at the very end when they're all coming back to the airport from a from having a month off trip to somewhere. And this is always like, oh, yeah, I know these guys, by the way. I didn't mention it for the first 90 whatever minutes yeah. of the movie. Everybody suddenly knows everybody. And we've kind of been led that direction the whole film. But then the very end just straight up says no. These All, all these characters... All these characters live on the same street. Yeah, there's no narrative thread through this movie that no, that no. gives you any reason to to believe it. I mean, it's it's a fairly unrealistic. It they know each other because the script demands that they know each other. There's right. no Be- no evidence throughout because they're all standing around at the airport, and it would be weird otherwise. Sure. So, um, so Martin Freeman happens to know. Uh, was it Colin's buddy who's telling? Who's the director of the porn film? Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. right. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's how that ties in. And and yeah, and like they and like three or four of them are all friends with Colin Firth, the writer. Right. And and of course Andrew Lincoln knows them because he he works at the studio where uh Alan Rickman has had you know, had his Christmas party and they and they all know each other from that. So in one way or another, somebody knows somebody else in this movie. They don't all necessarily have a connection because right. that would be weird. That but, would be a super incestuous like, group it, of it's people. Just, they're all like just one degree off though. There's not there's not a thing of like you know oh I don't know who that is. It's like oh that's so every you can look at every single every person there can look at someone else and no. be like that's so and so's friend. No introductions basically is what we're yeah. saying. There's everybody is vaguely familiar with each other. <laughs> oh boy, um, that's what love actually is. Big familiarity. Everyone is vaguely familiar with each other. Oh, I just want to see a Love Actually Facebook, um, just a screenshot of like, is friends with, <laughs> yeah. works at. See, that's what you would have now yeah. in the year of our Lord 2016. That, I feel like that would be like an infographic on The Verge or Vox or something. Yeah. You could combine Love Actually with Unfriended. <laughs> love Actually is a horror film, as a horror film. <laughs> I thought you were sh- just like taking a real hard line on you're it. You're gonna say love like... actually is shitting your pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, uh, they were all at the same party where the girl shit her pants. <laughs> oh god! But as as their solo death, so death actually is the sequel death to it. They're, they're all they're all at like the next wedding where oh. where one of them shits their pants and now they're all dying mysteriously. Oh god! Neck blenders. Oh, the mask of the Red Death, actually. Awful. <laughs> so is this a Christmas movie? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes. A lot of it is due to the fact that it takes place around Christmas. And and yeah, there's a, a large portion of it is just due to the movie going, hey, it's six weeks before Christmas, everyone. And so they have excuses to put up Christmas lights and play Christmas music and all, all that. And there are scenes that touch upon sort of the, the, you know, the holiday itself. And, you know, Christmas is a time to be with family and friends and all that. Um, it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. I don't think if, if you said it any other time of year, I think it would have worked Which is just why as well. Valentine's Day or whatever those fucking other ones that are exactly like it yeah. all work to an extent. I mean, yeah. they're, not, they're not as well made, but it's not, but that, it's not like, oh, this doesn't work because it's missing Christmas. It's running on the same principle. Yeah. Yeah, this this is the film that launched a thousand other shitty films. I and I don't think this is necessarily a bad film. I'm just saying, you know, this formula works for this movie, so they tried it again and then again 
and soon again. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think Christmas was the missing element. I think being good at making films was the missing element for the other ones. Right, yeah. A, a, a script that made sense and with, with characters and actors that you liked, that's that's what's important, not, uh, not, not having a holiday to hinge everything around. This is one of those films where it's enjoyable to watch. You might have your qualms while you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... It, I don't think it holds up to scrutiny discussing it afterwards. No, as, as much as the enjoyment. What I will this. say is that ha- you know, having seen it now for the first time, I get it. You know, I understand why people love this, and mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 solid. It works. It's fine. Um, talking it out the way we have, picking it apart and pulling it just within an inch of its life, we kind of broke this movie. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the fun of this. That's the fun of podcasts like ours. Um. We like to break things. We like to break things. Put that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> we'll break it. <laughs> like the ball. <laughs> um, so would we give this a crankometer score? Well, I mean, I guess we need to. Well, obviously, but... Uh, so you, we can put so it on the yankometer. No. It's the... <laughs> no, because this is a British film. Yes. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Uh, whatever. Okay. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> well, it's a Christmas film, so it's on the, at least on the positive end it's on the spec- of the X... <laughs> Right. Sorry. So, yeah. its yes. its main theme is not Christmas, so it's probably low end to yeah. middle. I'd say maybe like a two ish. Yeah, I would give it a, yeah two because it does have like the Christmas element to it, but it's not strictly it's not strictly hitting that note. There is not a yeah. Santa in this movie. There is not. There are some lady Santas. There are some Santa statues, but that's there are <laughs> yes. some naked black oh men God. wearing Santa hats. Yes. Yes. And there are Santa hats over some nipples. Yes. yes very strategically placed. Mm-hmm. So okay, maybe a three. Uh, <laughs> and Bill Nye makes his big Christmas bet uh, regarding that song. Sure. So uh, setting it any Christmas other time is of the year. It's the framing device. It's the framing device, and it's sort of the instigator for a lot of things. Sure. Yeah. Be- okay. Okay. Um, if it was not Christmas, um, Emma Thompson would not have the found present. out. About Alan Rickman cheating on her. Right. She might have found out some other way, but uh, well, that's, of, that's how she found finds out. In a the lot movie. of these families too that are doing like big, you know, family Christmas dinners and right, whatnot too. Right. That wouldn't have been happening. It's the excuse to travel to places mm-hmm. and the excuse to be together with your family, which certain certain plot elements. So yeah, yeah. In, in that respect, I think that's perfectly valid. Okay. Is Absolutely. It, so. Uh, as far as that goes, the three for Christmas. Oh, three for and Christmas. As far as rating of the overall. Good of the I, movie, I can't in good conscience give it a negative score. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly enjoyed watching it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna at yeah. least say a two, maybe a three. I, would I say feel a, comfortable. A with two them. or a three ish. It's not, it's not my favorite thing we've watched, and it's not the thing I enjoyed the most. But I definitely didn't hate it, and it wasn't bad. So yeah. So I'm among the positive axes, it would probably sit square in the middle at a three three. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So Love Actually, uh, scoring on your 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 crankometer matrix, uh, it's a 3-3 three, three from all of us here. Um, <laughs> also, uh, did you guys see the uh, the crankometer that one of our listeners made up? Yes. Very cool. It's beautiful. It, 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 has, it has a certain simplicity to it that I really appreciate. I, I, when I made mine, I tried to do a little too much, but it's just, yeah. you know, it's a can, one candy cane axis going sideways and another going vertically. Right. And then little posters. It's perfect. So yeah, it's, my it's very nice. absolute favorite part of it was the fact that apparently the the most favorite thing we've watched is Pee Wee's fucking Playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? I think, yes, I think we I think we rated like Die Hard like a 
four five and Pee Wee's Playhouse a five four or something like that. So the most Christmassy thing out there is Pee Wee's Playhouse. So they, they the balance they balance each other though. It's great. What I liked about it is that I think I wrote this on the blog was that there's a very clear um, best fit line if you're thinking in math terms because and it makes sense because we wouldn't watch good movies that are not about Christmas. And we haven't yet watched any really bad movies that are also really wait. <laughs> but you you just you see what I'm saying? There's a there's a clear like bad Christmas movies and good Christmas movies. Because yeah. well, the thing is, the, the bad movies tend to tend to also miss the mark, so we give them negative points for being wrong and just having oh, there's a Christmas tree in one scene. It's not really a fucking Christmas right. movie. You're being you know. So I mean, if if for some reason we reviewed The Martian, it would be you know at, in one corner and then. Uh, pixels would be at the other corner but we're not going to do that because those aren't related to christmas at all thank god for that how about um, alien soon <laughs> one of these days so uh, final thoughts on uh, love actually before we finish up tonight Anybody? could you use more aliens <laughs> i can't top that yeah put it together with like independence day freedom actually <laughs> In space, no one can hear your love. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for that. Uh, So that was love, actually, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's it's good to be here in 2016. I can't wait to see what this second year of Christmas creeps has has for us. I know Drew has a couple of things up his sleeve that uh, some one day soon we will be tackling. Can't wait. Um, but until then, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at xmascreeps at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at us at Christmas Creeps. Find us on Facebook. We're, you know, search Christmas Creeps. We're the skull with the candy cane crossbones. Um, and if you like this show and want us to do more, uh, go to iTunes and tell us how we're doing. Tell other people how we're doing. Give us a star rating, uh, preferably a five. Yeah, but I mean, uh, no joke. If you think we're doing something wrong and there's something we can fix to make it better, tell us. And please, we, yes, yes. You just think we suck um, and are bad? Tell us that too, so we know mm-hmm. not not to cater to you anymore. I yeah. guess. And I I really hope we stop getting robo emails from random uh, accounts that just leave that just say hi and nothing else. Yeah. Because uh, say cause, hi back to them. Yeah. Know, well, maybe it's someone ask. who's really shy and they're just like putting it out there. Somebody sent us an email. I think and their their like Gmail username was Sergeant Monica, and all it said was hi. Well, Sorry. say hi back to her. <laughs> I should. I need to. I, I'm um, I'm like mixing like a uh, Full Metal Jacket and Friends in my head right now. <laughs> oh. Well, that's gonna do it for Christmas creeps. So, uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Happy Christmas. Thank you for calling the Christmas Creeps Hotline. Please leave your message at the beep. Hi, Chris Walken here. I was in a Batman movie. I don't remember which one. Listen, no hard feelings. I think we all agree it's crap. But it doesn't give you the right to badmouth it. So here's the deal. Tonight, you're going to be visited by three Walkens. A walking from the past, I don't know, maybe when I danced more. Uh, I guess current walking is 
me now, and then a future Walken, I'm going to be around forever. You'll see, I'll have the last laugh. And at the end, you're going to learn the true meaning of Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. I look forward to whatever horrible things we're going to be doing to one another. How do I turn this thing off?